Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. I want you to put on your tinfoil hats once again and let's get into these conspiracy theories talking about maybe if the world is flat, Earth, if the Earth is flat or the Earth is a globe, the Earth is an oblate spheroid or something completely different, I don't even know. I don't know my starting point, I don't know my ending point, but I do know that people make a bunch of stupid fucking arguments on the internet. So listen up as I break them down a little bit and try to help you out so you can improve your argumentation. Thanks for tuning in. Jump onto YouTube and you can subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment, tell me I'm crazy, I'm an idiot, I'm a flat earther, a globe head who doesn't know anything about the way the universe is structured. Please do that. I would be delighted to, to have you. I welcome all comments, criticism, even if they're ridiculous. Jump onto Facebook, press like on there, and you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash paradise paradox. Jump on there, become a monthly contributor, and help this project launch off towards the stars. Let's get into it. Hello, boys and girls. So I wanted to talk to you about something which to many people is probably very abstract and maybe even pointless. But uh, personally, I find it fascinating because it's such an interesting puzzle. Flat Earth theory or the, the globe Earth theory from the other perspective. So this is an interesting subject controversial subject uh it's kind of weird how excited how angry people get about it um something that doesn't really have uh, an effect on your everyday life but people can be so emotionally invested and i guess it's because since the time you're young people tell you that the earth is round that the earth is a globe and you learn it in school and nobody really defends it philosophically or has to present a lot of evidence. They'll just show you the pictures on TV and a lot of people accept it. The problem is when it comes to the modern day, people are starting to question it. And that means that a lot of people don't know how to defend it. A lot of people will just say the first thing that's in their head and they'll start giving these arguments that they just invented. Most of the time, unless you're very quick-witted, the arguments that you come up with on the spot aren't going to be carefully reasoned and thought out. So, for example, one thing that comes up a lot is the example of Eratosthenes. So, Eratosthenes was a pretty sharp dude, uh, came up with a lot of developments for science and mathematics, and he did this one particular experiment, which was pretty famous, around 200 BC. He had these two pieces of data. He had these two sticks in the ground, one in Syene and one in Alexandria. And they were of equal length. And so he said, okay, I know that these 
similar lengths or these equal lengths of wood are going to cast shadows and he measured the shadows or he got his accomplice to measure the shadows in each of the locations and found that they had different lengths. So people say based on this that he concluded that the earth was a globe. Now you can't really get there from here. You can't, you can't see that an object or two objects have different lengths of shadows and immediately conclude that the earth is a globe. It doesn't really work like that. What actually happened was Eratosthenes assumed that the sun's rays were parallel and assumed that the earth was a globe and used that information from the sticks in Alexandria and Syene to calculate the circumference of the earth. But you can see, if you think about it for just a moment, and a lot of people have seen this clip from Carl Sagan where he says, well, the only way that it's possible is if the earth is a globe. But that's not true. You can have shadows of different length on a, on a plane. It just depends how far away the light source is. If the light source is near enough, you can have uh, it's the, the light source over here, two sticks, and one of them might not even cast a shadow and the other might cast a very long shadow. So that doesn't at all prove that the Earth is a globe. Even if we assumed it, it was curved, uh, or even if we assumed that the sun's rays are parallel, it still doesn't prove that the Earth is a globe. It would only prove that the Earth is curved. So that's a big stretch when people bring that up. Uh, you really shouldn't use that as evidence that the Earth is a globe because it doesn't prove that at all. I mean, it doesn't even come close. You're way off with that one. So best to leave that one once you've already established that the Earth is a globe. Another one that comes up is people saying, well, the planet's around, the moon is around, so why wouldn't the Earth be around? And this isn't really an argument. I mean, the, the argument that's implied is several things are round and therefore the Earth is also round. And that's a pretty weak argument and I'll, I'll explain why. So for one thing, we can see that the moon is round and it appears to be a spheroid. Uh, that's fine. Most people have actually never even looked into a telescope. So we assume that Mars is round. We've never actually seen it for ourselves. But even assuming that it is, even assuming that all of the planets in the sky are round, that still doesn't help us. So I like to give this example. So say I, I walk into a party and I say, hang on, hang on a second. Look at this. Look at this trend. Maria Alejandra is Mexican. Maria Fernanda is Mexican. Maria Jose is Mexican. Jose Maria is Mexican. And that means I must be Mexican. Why wouldn't I be Mexican? There's so many Mexicans around. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't follow at all. Uh, we can take that trend into account when we're researching the subject, but that fact alone, that trend alone, doesn't tell us what's really going on. Or the other example I like to give is like, say you have 
three mysterious doors like in a game show. We open the first one, there's a rabbit. We open the second one and there's also a rabbit. And you say, why wouldn't there be a rabbit behind the third door? We open it and there's an aardvark. Well, why wouldn't it? Well, I don't know why they wouldn't. It doesn't really matter why they wouldn't. Um, If it is what it is, then we just have to investigate it. Uh, We have to treat it as it is. We can't treat it based on some some trend which may or may not have an effect on what's really going on here. Another one that comes up is this pretty cool uh, video by Vsauce which explores the idea of what if the Earth was actually this, this huge disk, this huge flat plane, what would happen because of gravity, because of Newtonian gravity, as you got towards the edges of the flat plane, it would be like ascending a steeper and steeper cliff until you were virtually walking vertically because everything is being pulled by gravity towards the center of this giant disk. Now, the problem with that, when, when people bring that up, I say, well, hang on, you're, you're starting the story in the middle. How do you know that gravity exists? And what they'll normally say is, well, I'm pretty sure gravity exists. I mean, things fall down, dude. But hold on, this, I mean, this is another thing. And this is very interesting because this demonstrates how ingrained an idea can be into popular consciousness such that you can't separate the two ideas of a thing falling down and the Newtonian idea of gravity, like every particle in the universe attracting every other particle. Those things, are, those ideas are definitely related, but they're not identical. So if I say gravity and we're talking about things falling down to the floor when we drop them, okay, that's fine. But Newtonian gravity still not proven as uh, like based on the, the evidence that we can observe with our own eyes normally. People knew that things fell to the ground long before Newton existed. So the fact that things fall to the ground doesn't inevitably lead to Newtonian gravity particles attracting each other. That that just doesn't follow. You need to have more information involved. You need to, for example, have information about the movements of celestial bodies and see if Newton's theory complies with that or the, if the, the data complies with Newton's theory and go from there. Well, most people haven't actually observed celestial bodies over years, so they can't really say for certain if that stuff is true, we just, we we take it on faith that that's true. It's kind of funny to see somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson get up and, and drop the microphone and say, that's called gravity. Well, no, that's called things falling to the ground. I mean, you haven't really established what you've set out to prove. That's a whole other thing. And if, if you really want to prove that gravity exists, and that's somehow a barrier to um, the, the idea of a flat Earth, you really have to go deeper than that. You really do. And this comes into it as well because this is like when somebody takes their assumptions from their model, like from a globe Earth model, and applies them to the flat Earth model. Similarly, when flat Earthers have an idea like well, things fall to the ground and that's uh, things fall down, I should say. 
and, and that's quite simple and observable. And then they look at the ball earth model and I think people really should know better to say things like this, but I have seen people say things. They'll say, oh, so you have a ball earth? What stops the water dropping off the bottom? Well, obviously, it's a different model. They have, <laughs> they have gravity in this model. Particles attract other particles. And that's what stops the, the water and the kangaroos falling off the bottom of the earth. So the lesson to be learned here is you need to dig a little deeper. You need to know the assumptions of the model before you start slipping in your own assumptions and saying, well, that model is ridiculous. It just can't work because of assumptions that, that I have from my model and have brought over to yours. Then people will present all of this imagery that comes from NASA or other space agencies. And that's fine, you know, that's a kind of evidence. But you know, once upon a time, people used to believe that the camera never lies. And that used to be an expression. Now we know that's definitely not true. In fact, people have been doctoring photos for a long time. So, for example, there's a famous photo of Stalin and you can see him standing by the river and I think it's like the director of the KGB standing to his left. In the next photo, you can see that the, the KGB guy has just been edited out and you can just see the river and you see the, the very unusual framing of, of the photo. Like Stalin really wanted to get uh, that river in the shot or the photographer did. So... We also know that there's hyperrealism. So some artists are so talented, so skilled that they can create paintings which are virtually indistinguishable from photos. And so when you see NASA presenting a photo and saying, oh, this is a, a horsehead nebula or this, this is a vision of a, a, a faraway galaxy taken by the Hubble telescope or anything like that, you have to pause and say, well, hang on, is this, is this real? Is this really real? Is this just a painting? Is this a, a, a Photoshop composite? Uh, is, is this a computer generated imagery or is it a real photo? And all of those possibilities are available. Now, I know a, a lot of people will say, well, I mean, why would they do that? And I think that's a reasonable question. I think, of, <laughs> I don't, I don't really believe this, but, but this is something that I've proposed in a previous video on the subject. I think the most likely reason that NASA would do something like this, like create this, this grand conspiracy, it would go something like this. The story would be, okay, NASA has been given all this funding and they have all this pressure from above. They need to get to the moon or get into space, this is the space race, the pressure is on, the heat is on. And they have this, this bureaucratic process, this large bureaucracy. And they have this, this idea that, okay, the Earth is, is a globe. And so if we're going to fake a moon mission, because for whatever reason, we can't actually do it, we need to produce images that are congruent with this current model of the universe. So because of the bureaucracy, because of the pressure from above, there's the pressure uh, and because of the inability of the agency to actually produce the results, 
the bureaucracy produces these images which are in line with the current understanding of the universe, whether or not that's actually something that's that's real. And then along later along the line, they still need to continue that narrative. So they keep producing these pictures of the blue marble or whatever. And uh, if you have other organizations like the Japanese Space Agency, uh, if they create a composite, then it's, it's going to look very similar to NASA's and, and that sort of thing. That's kind of how I think it would play out. I'm not really convinced of that, but I think that is a possibility. So the thing is, when you see these images or these videos come up, you really have to pause and think, was this actually a photo taken in outer space? Or was it something created on a home computer? And some of them look, I mean, some of them you really think that maybe they could just be created in Microsoft Paint. They're really that, not that impressive. So we have these photos, we can look at them and we could say, so maybe an organization actually put together a flight, traveled off towards the stars. Maybe they took photos while they were doing that. Maybe the film survived when they got back down to Earth or they managed to transmit it. And maybe the photo that you actually see are those photos that were taken by those spaceships. But we know that photographic evidence can be faked. So when we see these photos, we have to remember that skeptic's mantra, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. People are absolutely justified in doubting whether these photos were taken somewhere other than Earth. Because having a photo really doesn't mean anything these days. And if you have a lot of photos, it might just mean you have better funding. The best evidence that I've seen that the Earth is actually curved comes from a fellow named uh, Jesse Kozlowski. And he's uh, an acquaintance of mine, a friend of mine on Facebook, and a geodetic surveyor. So a lot of flat earthers will try to tell you that no surveyor has to take into account the curvature of the Earth. Well, that's not true. They also say no engineer has to do that. Not true either. There's an entire field of surveying, entire field of engineering that's based on making measurements and making calculations based around the curvature of the Earth. It's called geodetic surveying uh, or geodesy. So uh, Jesse Kovslovsky is one of these fellows. In one of his early videos, which unfortunately is taken down, he makes this simple, easy to understand case where if you have three points on a map, if they're on a flat plane, then the three angles of the triangle that form by the three points will make 180 degrees. On a flat plane, on a completely flat plane, there'll be exactly 180 degrees. On a curved surface, as in a convex surface, that will add up to more than 180 degrees. And according to Jesse, with the measurements he's done and the measurements of thousands of geodetic surveyors over hundreds of years, yes, these angles consistently add up to more than 180 degrees. So from that, we can say that the Earth's surface is at least curved.
And according to Jesse, now I have to take this a bit on faith, but what he told me was based on the calculations of geodetics surveyors over the years, they have confirmed using this technology and these, these mathematics that the earth is actually a spheroid. So that's something to take into account. One in one of his more recent videos, he sets up a spirit level on the edge of a lake. So the lake is about two miles across. And so the spirit level is, is horizontal based on its location. Now, what you'd expect on a flat plane, if you put a telescope on that flat level and look directly across horizontally, the point that it would reach, the point you, you would see in the crosshairs of the telescope would be at a similar height as that point that you're looking from. But that's not what actually happens. What actually happens is you see a point which is a few feet in the air. So up in the trees somewhere, maybe. That's what happens. And the reason that happens apparently is due to the curvature of the earth. And apparently that happens consistently, not just in that one location in the video, but all over the world. So people can, people, if people have a spirit level and a couple of bolts to stick in the ground, they can do this experiment for themselves and seeing the effects of the curvature of the earth. So that's very interesting. And that's basically what um, convinces me that the earth is curved and possibly even spheroid. As I mentioned in the start of the video, what normally happens is a lot of people get these ideas about the globe pushed into their head. When they're finally asked to defend them, they don't actually have the defense because they've never been taught to really look at the evidence and the arguments for it. Now, that's a problem because the internet can be like a, a cesspool, people throwing shit at each other, hurling insults, and it doesn't help when people don't have high quality arguments to back up their case, especially when they're right. So if you believe in the globe earth or a curved earth or something like that, it's important that you're responsible with your argumentation. Take the time to analyze your thoughts and see if they actually do provide a strong case for what you're arguing for. Because if, if they don't, then it's actually going to have the opposite to the intended effect. Flat earthers are going to see it and they, they will say, oh, these globe heads don't know Jack. So why should we believe them? And other people who are on the fence are going to see that, that there aren't that many strong arguments for, uh, for a, a spheroidal earth. And they're going to be dissuaded from the spheroidal earth model as well. So, Argue responsibly, and that, of course that comes into both sides of the argument that the flat earthers as well have to analyze their own arguments and, and see if they hold up. I mean, I'm not denying, uh, there certainly are a lot of questions that flat earthers bring up that make you pause and scratch your head if you're really thinking about it. And if the, the globe earthers want to be intellectually honest, they have to take that into account. And sometimes they even have to say, well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, I think people will respect you even if you don't know everything on the subject. It's fine not to not to know everything. And it's fine to to wonder about those questions. 
It's fine even to start with a position that you don't know the shape of the earth. That is fine as well. In fact, it's a position that I recommend as a starting point, starting with a null hypothesis. And from there, you can build your ideas of what the world really might look like. Personally, I do think the earth is curved. And I think uh, there's, there's a possibility that it's even a spheroid. But I'm open to arguments and, and evidence if you want to present uh, the case to me that the Earth is actually hollow or it's a kind of fourth dimensional hypercube which changes shape based on your location and time. I'm also open to that argument. Uh, in fact, I'd love to hear someone <laughs> seriously make that case. That would be fascinating. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can jump on to patreon.com slash paradox to encourage us to keep us making these videos with monthly contributions. That's much appreciated, all the people who've already signed up. You can also jump onto donate.theparadiseparadox.com, give using Dash or Bitcoin, your favorite cryptocurrency. Remember, you can jump onto YouTube, press subscribe, leave a comment, tell me what you think, what shape is the Earth really? Share this if you think there's some globe heads or some flat earthers who would gain something from this or you just think the video is interesting, press that like button, jump onto Facebook, press like on there, uh, do a bunch of things, uh, print out this document, wipe your ass with it, hang it on the wall of the door of the Catholic Church to telling them that you're protesting their corrupt ways. No, don't actually do that. That's probably not a good idea. But do all those other things that I mentioned. Like, share, subscribe. Have a great one. Lots of love. Peace out. Yeah, I'm in, yeah, I'm in, yeah, I'm in.